Awakening means that you're constantly exploring and you're constantly redefining oneself. In fact, that redefining shouldn't be something that's like a, a bad thing or an undesirable thing. That in redefining ourselves, what we are saying to ourselves in the world is, I am awakening to something that's new. I'm still capable of psychological growth, of spiritual growth. Do you often wonder whether there's more to life than your nine to five job? Do you dream about having a life that has no boundaries, where you can decide what to do and where to do it? And does the thought of how to get that life maybe overwhelm you just a little bit? Then this is the podcast for you. Join me as I uncover how to get that freedom and live a life that needs no retirement plan. I'll be scouring the internet and chatting with people from all walks of life who are out there living life to the max instead of punching a time card. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Stephanie Raffalock, who's the author of a delightful little book on aging, which actually was just published in April of this year. She's the co-host of Yak About Today on the iHeart radio station WCZR 101.7 in Florida. She's a frequent blogger and a freelancer for numerous publications, and she's a public speaker. Stephanie, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is going to be really interesting. I really like the kind of things that, uh, that I've seen that you do. And I think that your mission and your philosophy in general tie in really well with uh, the theme of beyond retirement. We might be coming at it from different angles, but we're both trying to show people that there's a whole lot of life out there after you reach the so-called retirement age. Right. That is the message. Exactly. And you're an advocate for the positive potential of aging. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means and how you advocate it? Well, I think that aging for a long time, and this is especially true for women, you get to a certain point where you begin to see, be seen as, and maybe see yourself in the same way as used, insignificant, irrelevant, um, over the hill. You know, we have some cute terms for it, but we have some very serious terms for it. And people take that in. It informs their life. What I've noticed, especially in the last 10 years, especially from women who, you know, suffer from that kind of societal definition the most, um, is this idea of, uh-uh, I'm not going gently into that good night. I don't feel like I'm used up. I feel like I'm a worthy person. And what, by the way, are you basing used up on? So the more I got into that, the more I realized there actually was a name for that movement called the Positive Aging Movement. And um, without meaning to, I fell into it and became a part of it. And like yourself, advocate for people to look at these years, this third chapter of their life, as um, the most vital and certainly the most creative of their years. And to live from that place rather than a place of being done. Exactly. It's, it's so, so far from done. I mean, you've got potentially 30 more years. It's a whole lifetime still. Right. There's, there's so much to do. And even if you didn't have the 30 years, let's say like worst case scenario, let's say you had a year. How would you want to spend that year? Do you want to spend that year just kind of lying around? Or do you want to spend that year doing something that speaks to your heart, that's satisfying to your soul? Even if it's as small as 
um, the exploration of the inner life so that I go out with a sense of peace in my heart. If you knew you had a, just a year to live, what would you choose for yourself? So part of it is that, yes, you probably do have 20 or 30 years left. And if it were less, would you want to change anything? Right. If someone was told they have a year left, they're certainly going to stop and think about it, aren't they? They're not going to get up and go to work every day, probably. They're going to do something they've always wanted to do. So why not do that anyway? Exactly. I mean, that was the whole premise of that great movie, The Bucket List. That, yep. you know, the phrase, the bucket list kind of crept into our, into our culture. But, you know, the great message of that film was, you know, this guy knew his time was up. And so what did he do with that? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. So let's go back a little bit um, and talk a little bit about your book. Can you tell us a little bit more about the theme, the idea behind a delightful little book on aging? Um, it's a title that's gotten me into trouble a couple of times recently because people thought I was describing a book and they wanted to know what the title was. <laughs> so I'm just going to right off the bat tell your listeners that is the title of the book, A Delightful Little Book on Aging. And I think that what's compelling about the title, at least for me, is seeing the word delightful and aging in the same uh, sentence. Right. But uh, A Delightful Little Book on Aging was a compilation piece, a series of articles and blogs and essays that I'd written over a short period of time about aging as I was getting into the positive aging movement. And the book is uh, divided into four sections. I've got a section on grief because I believe that aging begins in grief. And that's true, by the way, if you're 10 years old or you're 100 years old, that our lives take place against a backdrop of loss and that, in fact, grief is one of the great transformations forces of life. Um, the next section, section of the book is reclamation. When we get to a certain number of years, we tend to want to go back and reclaim things that have fallen by the wayside. Um, my husband's a great example of this. He played bass in his youth. He played when he was in high school and a little bit in college, and then he gave it up to, you know, make a career and get married and do a mortgage and the whole nine yards. And he recently started playing the bass again. And so there's been this reclamation of love of music in his life. And because of the magic of the internet, he can plug in and play with any band in the world nightly. Um, the next section of the book is vision. And it's about how vision is something that we need now more than ever, creating a vision for our life. When I was a young woman, I used to go on job interviews and the human resource director would ultimately ask the question, where do you see yourself in five years? Right. That question now seems like it's more essential to life than it did when I was 20 or 30 years old. Because I do want to think about, well, how do I want to live my life? As we were talking about the very, very beginning of the show, um, what's important to me? What kind of person do I want to become? That's what I mean by creating vision. It becomes less about accomplishments and acquisition and more about the kind of soul work that you want to do later in life, for lack of a better word, that round you out as a human being, that make you your very best self. And finally, the last section of the book is about laughter, because we all know that a sense of humor gets us through the best of times and the worst of times. So I think it's important to laugh every day, 
at yourself, <laughs> at the people around you, um, with the people around you, with yourself, and find the kind of laughter that um, is just the, the small delights of life, the small gratitudes of life that bring a smile to your face and elicit a sound of joy coming from your lips. So that's the way the book is structured. And like I said, it is an essay format. So um, it's memoir-esque. I wouldn't call it a memoir, but it's memoir-esque because they're mostly my personal stories. Oh, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. I, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to reading it, actually. Thank you. It sounds, uh, sounds really interesting. I think, uh, I think I'll get a lot out of it. Thanks. One of the things that, that I was thinking as you were saying that um, – about people wanting to uh, give more, find something bigger that, that they can be part of. Um, one of the things my husband has commented on lately in my activities is that he thinks that I'm kind of hitting a, a midlife crisis kind of point where I'm trying to figure out what my life means and how to define myself and where I fit. Do you think that's part of the aging process, like a midlife crisis, or do you think that's just something that we all go through anyway? I wouldn't describe what you're going through as a midlife crisis. I, I would describe what you're going through as um, a midlife awakening. And I don't believe that awakening has a destination point. I believe that we're constantly awakening. We're constantly developing, hopefully, till the day we die. So crises, I'm not sure. I think the word crises has been associated with women a lot um, throughout our feminist history that, you know, you're, oh, that you're just being hysterical or, oh, you're just in yeah. crises um, or um, calm down, you know, any of those kinds of things. Um, I, I really believe in, in the awakening piece of this uh, more than the crises piece of this. And uh, I'm trying to think of an example that I want to use. <laughs> Things slip away sometimes. That awakening means that you're constantly exploring and you're constantly redefining oneself. In fact, that redefining shouldn't be something that's like a, a bad thing or an undesirable thing that in redefining ourselves, what we are saying to ourselves in the world is I am awakening to something that's new. I'm still capable of psychological growth of spiritual growth. So um, I'm sure your husband is a lovely man and I just disagree with him on this one <laughs> because <laughs> I think okay. to, to redefine oneself is a good thing to reclaim pieces of oneself is a good thing. I mean, that's really our purpose as human beings is to have the full life experience, the full human experience. And that's part of it. You know, when you think of like all the times you redefined yourself from the time you were 20 years old until now, I, you know, that's been like a constant process. And how I define myself in my 20s is of course going to be different than how I define myself in my 60s and 70s. But right. is that a crisis? I think it's more of an awakening. I like that. That sounds a whole lot nicer. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I, I don't think that he was saying it was a horrible thing or a crisis per se, just like that's the, that's the usual term for it. Right, just, right. You know, and we're just changing. And, and I think that, we, you know, we are living through a time, you are doing work in the world and I am doing work in the world that asks people to look at how do we language things? How do we describe older people? Are we subtly ageist without actually realizing it? 
And, you know, that's an example of, um, you know, midlife crises as opposed to midnight, midlife awakening. You don't look like someone yeah. in crises. And yet I understand that that's, that's what's in the lexicon is like, is this a midlife crisis? Right. So that, that leads kind of into my next question. Why do you suppose so many people in general fear aging? Do you think it's just because of the, the stigma that we put on it? Or do you think there's something more to it? Well, I think there's a, there's a lot of reasons. I don't think there's just one reason. Um, one reason is that losing um, a, a kind of physical beauty that we've grown accustomed to and a kind of physical prowess that we've grown accustomed to, um, that's difficult. There, there's some there's some sorrow that goes with that. I don't I can't play tennis anymore. I can't run anymore. I have some disc degeneration in my lower back. So you know that's a drag. Fortunately, I believe in adaptability and the power of adaptability. So I do other things now. I think some of it is that um, we just don't like the way we look, and we're shallow and we're attached to that image that we thought we were. But then you know you walk by the mirror and you go, Wow, when did this happen? You know, um, <laughs> a part of it is that we don't live in multi-generational families, at least in my country, as much as we used to. So we're not certain how to be around older people. And then older people begin to be something that is feared because it's other. You know, they live over there. They live out there. There's something else. There's someone else. And we're not, we're just not used to that. Um, advertising. Advertising is a big one. Advertising, we'd all like to think that we're not informed and not influenced by advertising, but you get to be 68 years old and it's like the only commercials I see that resemble me um, are the ones that say I need to wear a necklace around my neck that with a button I can push in case I fall and can't get up. Um, I'm just about ready for depends. Um, there are the drugs the unbelievable drugs that are available for the aging process. Um, all of those things don't paint the most attractive picture of what aging is. And I think that we're on the cutting edge of being new elders that say, you know what? There are challenges to growing older, but there's also a hard won wisdom and it's your obligation to share that with the generation behind you. And to show them that this path where you're paving the way has some gifts to it, that it's not all about despair and, oh my God, she's really old. It's not that. And that maybe we can turn things around in a couple generations to have aging to be one of those things that we see as a noble passage, as a passage that we revere, as opposed to something that is to be feared. I like that. That's, I think that's the, that's a goal that we should all be striving for. Yes. Yes. And you do that in your work. And I try to do that in my work. I think that's wonderful. If we could look at everybody, I think maybe that's the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the idea behind the boomers being the start of everything. They've led the way <laughs> all the way through. They can be the, uh, the leaders in this part too, showing that there's, you know, something else out there and that getting older is a good thing. You've got so many years of wisdom, so many, so much to uh, to share. Yeah, I I like that about the the boomers leading things. I think of a, a dancer named Twyla Tharp, um, out of New York, who recently wrote a book called "Keep It Moving," 
which I think is a great mantra for growing older, keep it moving. <laughs> but Twyla Tharp says there are two, um, there are two movements in dance. There is contraction and there is expansion. And I love that as a metaphor, which she draws in her book, that aging has the movement of contraction, that if you stay contracted too long in your body, the mind and spirit and heart are soon to follow. Or there is expansion where you're out moving and suddenly life is kind of interesting. You're still curious about things. Um, you still want to engage and make friends. And that, I think, is what leads to a, a happy life is that expansiveness of, of thought, expansiveness of, of heart. And that has been the earmark of the boomer generation, this idea that we expand in our hearts and minds. I like that. Yeah. I know in the intro, I talked about your radio uh, show. In your, um, on your website, it also indicates that you've got a podcast. You still doing the podcast? No, I, I actually started out with the podcast, and I apologize, my website needs oh, some no. updating. <laughs> but this happened pretty quickly. I started out with a podcast, and I did two seasons. And towards the end of my second season, I did this show out of Florida called Yak About Today. And uh, I got a call a week later from the guy who said, you know, I do this as a radio show a couple of times a week. And would you be interested in doing radio? And I was interested in doing radio, even though it was limited to the West Coast of Florida, simply because it increased my listenership in a way that I couldn't with the podcast. Right. Now, there are podcasters out there who've been out there doing it for eight, 10 years that they have a huge, huge, you know, download base of, of listeners. So this was a a quicker way to get into that. And um, so I don't have the podcast anymore, although you can still hear Yak About Today as a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> and that's how that came to be. Okay, so that's good. Um, and your podcast was, in case people want to look for it, it's still there. It was called Coffee Table Wisdom. Right. It's still, it's still loaded okay. up online. Yeah. So you can still listen to a couple seasons of it. And Yak About Today, you're just talking about everyday things. Uh, what do you talk about? We are talking about everyday things from a boomer perspective. Awesome. That sounds great. Is there anything you'd like to tell us about? Anything else in your going on in your life that you'd like to uh, share with us today? Well, let's see, a couple of things. One is that um, I did my first big public speaking engagement a week ago, and I feel like a little kid in a candy store. Um, I gave an address to the women of Charles Schwab and we talked about investing in yourself. And basically the talk was about our feminist history, where we've been, how far we've come, how far we've yet to go, and how we view ourselves as women in midlife and beyond. So um, it went well. I was nervous as all get out. You'd think I wouldn't be nervous. I'm used to being in front of a microphone. But there was something about knowing that I was talking to all these women and the fact that I was on a screen and I couldn't see anybody. So I didn't have a feel wow. of the people that were there because you know everything is on Zoom these days. Yep. I didn't have a feeling for the people that were there. And, and yet I felt so passionate about wanting to, wanting to get my message out there. And it was... It was an odd sensation 
of wondering, like, am I talking to one person? Am I talking to 20? But I guess that's true. You know, when you, when your podcasts go out there, you wonder the same thing. Yep. It's like, is one person listening to this? Is, are 10 people listening to this? How does it come across? Because you, you miss that, um, I guess that vibration that you get from being face to face with someone. Still, nonetheless, it was exciting to do a a big public speaking event, a national public speaking event. And the other thing that's new that's going on in my life is that in August, August 24th of 2021, so almost a little more than a year away, I have a second book coming out called Creatrix Rising. Unlocking the Power of Midlife Women, which follows my um, wise older women instincts about feminism. And so that's exciting too. I'm putting the final touches on that and uh, I'll be excited to get that out there. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Congratulations. Thank you. So um, we'll wrap it up in a second. Uh, it looks like we can find you just about anywhere. You've got a website. Um, you're on I LinkedIn. You do have the website. Yep, stephanieraffalock.com. We'll put you into my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter account. Um, I've got an email address on there where you can reach out to me. Perfect. So, yeah, you can find me just about anywhere. I'll make sure that all of that goes in the show notes. And your Yay. book, is your book available on Amazon or is it a, from a special publisher? Um, my publisher is She Writes Press. Okay. And you can find me on barnesandnoble.com. Amazon.com, Target.com, IndieBound.org. I like to give a shout out to IndieBound because they publish a lot of smaller books. They're like the, they're like your small neighborhood bookstore that you don't want to see go away. Right. So IndieBound.org is a great place to, to okay. order books too. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. I've really enjoyed talking with you, Stephanie. This is thank the, you. amazing. Keep up the good work. <laughs> and you. I'll do my best. And that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm your host, Jackie Doucette. If you liked what you heard, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, review the show, and leave me a rating. It helps me move up in the ranks and reach more people. If you've got any questions or comments, drop by my website, www.beyondretirement.ca, and leave me a short message. Thanks again for listening, and we'll chat again next week.